Hey, this is Mike Goldberg, the voice of Bellator MMA. Join us right now for MMA FanCast. Welcome to the show. Today we have Fatty Schumann, who is taking on Jeremy Mitchell as a pro fight uh, for 247 Fighting Championships coming up March 14th at Princescape Arena. Tickets are available now, so go get them if you can. Fatty, welcome to the show. Hello, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. It's great to have you on. We're a little under three weeks out um, from that fight that's upcoming. So let's start there. Obviously, the obvious question is, how's training camp going? Um, and kind of bring us up to speed with your upcoming fight. Training camp's been going really well. I say this every single camp. This is my best camp. This is my best camp. I've never felt better. And that's how it should be. Um, yeah. I've really put a focus on my striking this camp. Whereas, you know, my previous three fights I've finished by submission and I just want to kind of showcase um, a full skill set this fight, you know, no matter where it goes, you know, if we're seeing, then we're on the ground. But um, yeah, I've, aside from that, aside from all the training and everything, um, you know, weight's probably my biggest uh, issue right now where you know that i'm focusing on you know i'm I'm gonna get it down but that's really where my main focus is on for the last you know couple weeks right now absolutely and a couple things out of that you are you are listed at six feet tall and you typically fight at lightweight which is 155 is that where the fight is um march 14th oh no uh so we're gonna be fighting at 145 pounds and uh i've made 145 a few times and um, my previous couple fights were at 150. We did uh, we did a catch weight, but um, getting down to 145, being six foot, and you know I'm, I end up you know I'm I'm skin and bones at that point. But like I feel good, I feel strong, and uh, you know I'm excited to do my next few fights all at 45 and just try to finish out my pro career there. So you are thinking of making 45 your, your home. That's kind of the plan of your, of your camp. So it sounds like you've taken some catch weight at 50. And so the goal was to move down to 45. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. So the fight that I did at 45, I did a test my last amateur fight. I fought at 145 pounds and that was uh, back in, I want, I want to say like 2018, I believe. But uh, I did a fight at 145 pounds. I felt strong. It was hard getting down there. I mean, any, any weight cut's going to suck. Like, I mean, it, it's it's inevitable. I mean, it's, it's, it's never fun. But getting down there wasn't really the best. But once I got down there, rehydrated, you know, I, I, felt, I felt incredible. I felt like uh, I had a huge strength advantage. And being six foot at 145, I mean, 
you know, once in a blue moon, I'm going to see another six footer. So I, I usually have the reach advantage as well. Well, Fatty, that actually goes back to you talking about working on your striking. Obviously, at that point, you're lean, you're long, you have reach advantage. And you did mention, you mentioned that all of your three pro wins have been by submission. Um, what's cool for our listeners to hear is that all three of those wins have come in a row. You're actually on a three-fight win streak after dropping your your pro debut. Your opponent um, is 2-0, and so he's undefeated, and both of his wins are by submission, both of them being rear naked chokes for your opponent. So combined, all of your wins between you two are all submission wins at the professional level. Do you kind of take that into account uh, or do you look at it in some different way? So um, it's it's definitely something I put a focus on in camp with. Uh, so we'll do situational drills where his two finishes were rear naked chokes. So I'll do a lot of drills where I'll have someone taking my back and, you know, but like in, in terms of like game planning, um, I like to go into the fight. Like, you know, I have a game plan, but it's all about adapting. I like to go with the flow of the fight, feel, see what he gives me and uh, just take it from there. So I, I'm not necessarily looking to keep it standing or looking to take it on the ground with him. I'm just, you know, just seeing, taking what he gives me. But, uh, no, I'm I'm not too worried about like I, I've looked at his grappling and I mean he's definitely a very talented grappler, but uh, you know without trying to sound too arrogant whatsoever, I'm just you know I'm I'm very confident in my jujitsu game and I really am not worried about anybody on the local scene when it, you know it comes to getting on the ground. Well, that is certainly good. You know, being confident comes from a lot of times both experience and training. You mentioned some of your training. Let's get into that. You primarily train at the Mat Factory. So take us through some of your main training partners or coaches at the Mat Factory uh, and then maybe any other training you're doing because confidence is good when it's based on your experience, which your experience has been good at your fight career so far, and obviously you're getting better. And then talk to us about your training. Oh man, the, the Mad Factory Wrestling Club, man. I mean, it's 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 incredible. We'll have you know any given night, we'll have you know four or five, six black belts in the room in jujitsu. Whether it be uh, our head coach Isaac Greeley, who first of all is, I don't know if you've met Isaac like personally. He, he's literally the greatest human being you can ever meet. I mean, he, this guy is just all about making fighters, wrestlers anybody's dreams come true. So just being around that person at the mat factory, I mean, he just pulls greatness out of you, whether you want it or not, like you're going to succeed just being around that type of person. Uh, Matt Schaefer, Noah DeVore, they're um, two other of our uh, black belt jujitsu instructors. Um, I get a lot of privates with Matt Schaefer and the Gi. I'm I'm looking to do pans right after the fight, actually. I'm going to fly out to California and uh, compete in uh, pans. So I've been doing private lessons with Matt and just really focusing on my gi jiu-jitsu. Uh, we got Dom Mazzotta, who also another black belt and professional MMA fighter with Bellator. Um, he'll teach jiu-jitsu from time to time, but he really uh, teaches our kickboxing and our MMA classes a lot. Um, striking, my biggest asset in striking, and like, you know, the, the person who's really took the most focus on me and like really trying to work with my hands has been Rich Cantalina who's a professional mm. boxer. He's actually going to be fighting a week before mine. And, uh, you know, it's just, we got all these great coaches down at the gym that 
just, you know, they, like I said, they just pull greatness out of you. They just, they want to see nothing but the best out of you. And, um, you know, be, being around them really does, you know, help you. You you want to succeed being in that type of room and that type of environment. And um, in terms of, like, fighters, we have, you know, Quincy McCombs is coming off a big knockout. Julian Flannery is coming off a big knockout. Uh, we, we had a bunch of people fighting out in um, West Virginia at the West Virginia fights. And, uh, you know, everybody was in fight camp at the same time, so the room was just hot. And that's a good time to have a fight is when everybody in the room has something coming up is whenever you're going to get the best work. Everybody's in there. Everybody's got the same mindset. Everybody's thinking win, 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 win. Absolutely, Fatty. And one of the things that can be hard for people that don't quite understand how fighting can be a team sport because we ask, what team are you in? Where do you train? Because it looks like you're fighting by yourself in the cage, and obviously you are. However, really where the team comes in, where the teamwork comes in, is in training. And that's whether it's wrestling, whether it's grappling, whether it's jiu-jitsu, whether it's mixed martial arts, boxing, really any of the, any of the martial arts or fighting um, arts at all. It's all about the team. And I think it does go uh, hand in hand with when you're the only fighter training in a gym, um, there's not quite the intensity you need around you. Um, and so you bring up a great point that people around you training for fights also, they're putting in their best work you're putting in your best work, which is fantastic. Speaking of your best work, your most recent win was a first-round armbar submission back in October. Um, and can you can you walk us through that? Obviously, first-round armbar uh, win is, is a pretty great win to have. Uh, how were you feeling that night? How kind of the fight played out? Um, and I know we're going back in time. We've already talked about your upcoming fight. I think it's going to be great to see it, but I would like to check in with you about your most recent fight since it was such a good uh, fight for you. My, uh, my, my last fight was against uh, Jose Guerrero. He was a tough kid, came up from Texas. And uh, I, was, I, I remember just that whole camp, I just kept saying, like, I want to stand with him. I want to stand with him because I had such a reach advantage. He, he was real short. and. Uh, I went into the fight with that mindset. Bell rings. I go out. I throw a one-two. It misses, and I crack him with a leg kick, and he almost falls over. And I'm like, all right, like I got this. And I charge in, and next thing I know, I'm in a clinch. And I go to go take his back, and we get into a little bit of a scramble, and he gets on top of me. And then in the back of my mind, I'm just like, not another triangle. Like, I don't want to get another triangle. I'm cursed. And... <laughs> I whip up the triangle choke. I start triangle choking him, and he leaves his arm dangling out for me, and uh, I just took the armbar finish. But uh, overall, like, uh, my striking for the little bit that I got the throw and the little bit that I got the move, it was only about, like, maybe 15, 20 seconds. I, you know, I mean, I, I felt sharp. But um, at the end of the day, I mean, my, my grappling's always there for me, and uh, I guess I, I, I look to it. But, uh, yeah, it, it was a good win against a tough opponent, and I'm just looking forward to, uh, you know, testing my skills against an even tougher opponent in this uh, next bout. Absolutely. It's all about increasing your skills and also going up against tougher and tougher opponents so that your skills can continue to get tested. You bring up a really good point. With In MMA, there's always – the unexpected, both from what you do, because um, sometimes fighters surprise themselves, and also obviously what your opponent does. And I think it's a good mindset to have where 
you wanted to see how your striking was. It's good that your striking's feeling better, but you're also, you have that depth of your grappling. And in this case, submissions off your back. It's interesting that you say that you were actually thinking about not really wanting to get another leg triangle because you've had a couple of those. Um, is that, is that often, like how often do you actually think about what move you're doing in the fight or would you have taken the triangle anyhow? It's kind of interesting that you were sort of worried about getting another triangle. And why was that a concern for you? <laughs> so uh, I'm uh, I'm really comfortable when I fight, like almost too mm-hmm. comfortable. I, I don't um, I know a lot of people. I, I want to say the majority of people get nerves, but whenever I'm in there, I just I seem to be at home and I'm at peace. And uh, I was sitting in there and I, it was almost like I was laughing to myself. I was just like, not another triangle, man. Like, are you really going to get another triangle? And it, it was just more just me humoring myself. And uh, I, I, I saw the arm bar and I'm like, okay, this is my way out. Like, <laughs> No more triangles. But uh, also another reason would be is, you know, people are definitely going to be looking for it now. People are going to be scouting me out. They're going to see, mm. you know, all three of those fights are online. And they're going to see that I got three finishes in a row off my back. And even though the arm bar was an arm bar, it was from a triangle. So they're going to know I looked for that and they're going to be looking for it as well. So it's definitely going to be a lot more challenging in the future to land that, you know, with, with people, you know, being prepared for it and looking for it. Not saying that I wouldn't still go for it and, right. you know, I still wouldn't land it, but it's definitely going to make it more difficult in the future. Well, and that's actually what's really cool about MMA fighters' careers is that if you look at them as a totality, oftentimes they go on streaks, whether it be finishing streaks, whether it be using certain techniques. But like you said, as soon as you become known or proficient at using one move, in your case, uh, the leg triangle, people are going to start game planning for that. Where it really becomes fun for MMA is that you have many more submissions than just that one. And what becomes sometimes problematic for other people, and that's why it's so important to be well-rounded, is because if if your opponent, any opponent, looks and says, I got to make sure I defend a triangle, great. They might be able to defend a triangle, but what else are they leaving open? And that's what's cool about what you already said with the armbar is that you were opportunistic, which is, I think, one of the biggest things in MMA is that some fighters try to force certain moves um, or freak out in certain positions as opposed to being opportunistic. And I just so happened to watch uh, a whole UFC compilation of heel hooks. And one of the things that came up, because that doesn't happen a lot, there's only maybe 13, 14 in the history of the UFC. There's a cool UFC video they just released a couple weeks ago. So you can watch it. But one of the things that I realized about heel hooks is that heel hooks and knee bars, there were two different ones, but they're both pretty rare. And one of the things that I realized about both of them, the heel hooks and the knee bar, is that the fighters that got them were very opportunistic because scrambles happen so often. But what usually happens is fighters aren't looking to take advantage of and they're looking to get to certain spots that they're comfortable in doing. And so how often do you drill, um, I guess you could say like chains, or how often do you drill being opportunistic in a submission grappling situation so you're not always just looking for one thing? And how does that go for you looking for multiple uh, submissions? See, the, the beauty of uh, – so at the Mad Factory, I want to say the majority of classes will be taught by Noah DeVore, and he he's just brilliant. Like, when it comes to, you know, his instruction, he breaks down, you know, whether we're going over through a Kimura or a sweep or a leg lock or whatever it might be, 
he goes through it the full way. What would happen if this happens? Where would you go if this happens? If he reacts like this, what would you do to that reaction? And then the reverse, how would you defend it? And then, then back again, if he defends it this way, how would you attack it again a different mm-hmm. way? So there's always one. So no matter what reaction somebody gives me, there's going to be a different reaction for me to give them it back to uh, finish the submission. And uh, that's the great thing. Noah's really good at teaching that and uh, just teaching ways to chain different submissions and different sweeps all together to make it work, depending on how the guy reacts or defends a submission or a sweep. Well, that's a great shout out to your trainers, to your trainers and your coach, that it's really about being coached the right way. And then also, as you pointed out, which I think is a rare look inside the mind of a fighter, is that you you are so calm and you are able to pull that memory. Because a lot of times, if people fight off adrenaline, and of course that happens, but um, they fight emotionally, oftentimes you can kind of see that in a fight where they're not able to kind of pick up on other options and things because they're so dialed in to one thing. Typically, you see that when people get uh, pulled in to maybe a brawling fight where they, they forget some of their technique and they just go. So it's great that you're able to see a lot of different options. Um, and it'll be nice to see what, what, what happens as far as March 14th goes. You mentioned your submission, uh, gi tournament. T- talk to us a little bit more about wh- where you're going. You said you're flying out right after it, kind of what your goal is with that. Um, uh, because it is always cool with MMA. It's one of the things I always bring up on this show is that MMA is really its own sport, but it's also a group of a bunch of different sports. So a lot of MMA fighters do other things such as Muay Thai, boxing, kickboxing, in your case, gi, jiu-jitsu. So talk to us about what that tournament is and what your hopes are to do there. So uh, I'm going to be flying out. It's actually a couple days. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to leave, I want to say on the 17th, so about three days later. And I'm going to be going out to Irvine, California to compete in the IBJJF uh, Pan American Gi Jiu-Jitsu mm-hmm. Tournament. And uh, me and my younger brother, who also trains, we're both going to be competing in it. And uh, I, don't, I, I want to come away with – my goal is to come away with a medal. I'm not a Gi guy. I, I prefer no Gi. And uh, I just want to challenge myself, I guess, and do as much as I can do this year in terms of competing. So uh, going out there will be the first step. That'll be my first jiu-jitsu tournament of the year. And uh, I think if I can come away with a medal, you know, bring that back to Pittsburgh, um, I'd like to compete in more IBJJF tournaments this year. Um, More than likely, the rest will be no-gi. But uh, I saw the opportunity to go out to California, and I couldn't say no to it. My little brother wanted to go. He was like, hey, you want to go on a trip and do a gi tournament out in California? I'm like, ah, I don't like gi, but I guess I'll do it, you know? But uh, uh, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it nonetheless. And um, like I said, I've been getting a lot of private lessons in with my uh, instructor, Matt Schaefer, and he's made me feel a lot more comfortable in the gi. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to, again, come, come away with a medal, hopefully, and uh, – just uh, carry on the streak, you know, get, getting done with the fight at 145 pounds and my weight will still be low. So I won't need to cut much weight for the tournament. And uh, I can just carry on with that. 
Well, that's cool that there's kind of two purposes. Obviously, one is to challenge yourself because you're not used to doing the gi and you're getting extra instruction, so it's fun. But then also, it's also going to be good for you to experience, you know, stay keeping your weight low and having two pretty, you know, pretty intense, obviously, athletic pursuits because it's one thing to get to that weight but like you mentioned earlier it's not just making the weight it's rehydrating and feeling strong and feeling good and being able to compete uh, after you make that weight so that'll be nice for you as far as that goes uh, which is pretty exciting stuff um, as we wrap this up who who are your thank yous like you've obviously mentioned a bunch of coaches which is great um, any anybody else you want to give credit to kind of training process for you um, and and we'll we'll end on that uh, definitely I mean all the coaches that I said previously but uh, definitely like my training partners at the gym they're my, almost feels bad saying training partners they're really just family i mean brothers I, you know i got edwin vera who's also fighting on the card uh jay pippins who's also fighting on the card quincy mccombs cole masick julian flannery uh, uh chris hustleton you know i i got all of these people in the gym that push me every single day and i'm missing literally dozens of people but you know, th these guys keep me motivated. They keep me working and they keep me moving. And it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a relationship that, uh, is m more than what m people think. As you said earlier, like, you know, um, people don't see it as much as a team sport. And I will tell people, Oh, my teammate did this. And they'll be like, you have teammates in fighting. And it's like, yeah, I got teammates, but, uh, you know, uh, th these people are definitely, you know, I, w I want to thank them just from the bottom of my heart. They they help me with everything, you know, whether it comes from cutting weight, sitting with me in the sauna, or just pushing me every single day. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. For those of you listening, make sure you buy make sure you buy tickets to come out to the Princecape Arena March 14th. A very exciting card, 247 Fighting Championship. And, of course, support Fatty uh, Schumann as he takes on Jerry Mitchell. It's going to be a great 145-pound pro fight. So, uh, Fatty, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. Hey, thank you so much for having me.